0: Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. As you rest at home this Sunday, we greet you. As you travel to visit an elderly friend, we greet you. As you listen, coffee, and hand along the North Shore, we greet you. As you jog a beach on the Cape, we greet you. As you drive home from your own church service, we greet you. Or as you sit in comfortably cushioned pews of Marsh Chapel, we greet you this morning. That is, the liturgy, music, and homily this day are offered in the praise of God for our gathered community here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. Together, especially this year, we are bound and joined in prayer. Today, as is our custom on this Sunday, on which we continue to open our new year, our new school year, and to welcome students from near and far, we warmly embrace today's preacher, our Lutheran Chapel associate, and now also University Chaplain for International Students Ad Interim, Miss Jessica Chica, whose work with our international community stretches and stretches us and stretches all, truly, around the globe. She speaks on the powerful saving theme living with wisdom. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As you are able, may we stand in the praise of God. God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, our underlying and overarching theme this year at Marsh Chapel is prayer. The scripture admonishes us to pray without ceasing. Last year, spirit. This year, prayer. Robert Frost said this of a poem. It is a momentary stay against confusion. A momentary stay against confusion, like a sermon, or a hymn, or a service of worship, or like a prayer, like this quiet, silent prayer. A prayer, too, is a momentary stay against confusion. Our choir supports us as we bow together to pray. hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God.
1: A lesson from the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. Wisdom cries out in the street, In the square, she raises her voice. At the busiest corner, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Give heed to my reproof. I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused, have stretched out my hand and no one heeded, and because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when panic strikes you, when panic strikes you like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come over you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and be sated with their own devices. For waywardness kills the simple, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But those who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease without dread of disaster. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Please join me in reading responsively verses from Wisdom of Solomon with the Antiphon. For she is a reflection of eternal light, a spotless mirror of the working of God and an image of his goodness. Although she is but one, she can do all things, and while remaining in herself, she renews all things. In every generation, she passes into holy souls and makes them friends of God and prophets. For God loves nothing so much, as the person who lives with wisdom. She is more beautiful than the sun and excels every constellation of the stars. Compared with the light, she is found to be superior for it is succeeded by the night, but against wisdom, evil does not prevail. She reaches mightily from one end of the earth to the other and she orders all things well. Now please rise in body or in spirit for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel.
3: Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. The Gospel of the Lord.
4: Praise be Please be seated. Good morning. It's a pleasure to speak to you once again from the pulpit of Marsh Chapel. I want to thank Dean Hill and the rest of the Marsh Chapel staff for their support and encouragement as I have taken on my new role as interim university chaplain for international students. As many of you know, I've served as the Lutheran chaplain here at Marsh for the past three years, and all I can say is that the sermon that you are about to hear may be my least Lutheran sermon at Marsh, as I'm preaching on an apocryphal text, which are the books that Martin Luther outright rejected from the Protestant Bible, and I'll also be quoting the Pope. One of the things I've noticed in my new position is that there is a definite learning curve, even though I've worked here for the last three years, taking on more responsibility and having a broader presence to the BU community comes with learning new names, navigating new systems, and finding new ways of relating to a population of the student body that itself is quite diverse. After all, international basically means anyone not from the United States, a globe's worth of culture, tradition, and face to relate with and welcome. I promise that it sounds more intense than it actually is, though. Let's think about the reverse of this, an international student coming to a completely new culture, expected to not only seek education, but also to grow as an individual and to somehow fit into what may be a very different context. Learning facts and figures in class may be the easiest part of this. Cultural wisdom can be elusive. Expectations of students in the United States differ wildly from those in other countries. Social interactions are defined by different standards in the United States. And even just speaking in a language that is not native to you can feel like a terrifying experience. But fear not. Fortunately, there are plenty of resources at BU which are designed specifically for international students to help them get acclimated, to have a place to feel comfortable, and to find ways to meet new people. And in case you haven't noticed, I'm one of those resources. Additionally, every year, BU Today, the daily e-news source for the university, compiles a Words of Wisdom video for the incoming class. The wisdom comes from the previous year's graduating class, offering advice and guidance on those everyday things you won't necessarily learn in the classroom or at orientation. Here's some of what was offered by this year's class. On meeting new people. One of the first things you should do at BU is make some friends. Pretty much everyone's in the same boat as you are. Everyone wants to make friends. Everyone's terribly alone. If you see somebody that just looks interesting, say hi. They might become your best friend. On new eating habits, the freshman 15 is absolutely real. There's a lot of stuff you can grab from the dining halls. There's a lot of cookies. There's a lot of brownies. Don't be tempted to touch all that. On abbreviations. So when you come to campus, you're probably going to notice that we love our abbreviations here at BU. Acronyms. Learn acronyms really quickly. Whether it be COM, CAS, GSU, SHA, HTC, and what is SAO? By the way, it's CAS, not CAS. That's a pretty important one. On being an adult. Get used to doing your laundry on your own, and also do it often because people will notice if you don't, and you don't want to be that person. I think that no matter how grown up you feel in college, always talk to your parents. Always just tell them, hey, what's up? This is what's happening. Whenever they hear your voice, I'm sure they're just like, yes, they called me. Now, I intentionally selected some of the funnier words of wisdom from this video, but you get the point. These are things that you can only glean from experience, or from someone who's had more experience. But they're important to know in order to be successful as a student here at BU. And much of this wisdom can be carried forward into life after BU, being a responsible adult who is healthy, clean, responsible, respectful of others, and has a community with which you can relate. Wisdom is more than just knowledge. While the university administration hopes that students acquire knowledge while they're here, we also hope that students' experiences and interactions with others will lead them to wisdom. Wisdom is not just facts and figures. It's experiential. It's dynamic. It comes from interactions and experiences. It can be passed from one person to another, but sometimes it's best when it's developed internally. We generally think that wisdom is attached to age. The older you are, the wiser you become. Now, this may not be true in all cases, but the logic behind it stands to good reason. The longer you have been alive, the more experiences you have had which have enabled you to learn about which are the best choices, sometimes by making the wrong choice the first time around. This can lead you on a path that enables greater clarity into the ways people interact, how the world works, and the best ways to apply the knowledge that you've acquired. Some cultures revere their elder members because of the wisdom they possess. Their life experience is seen as valuable for future generations. But but wisdom from those who come before us is only as valuable as the amount of attention we're willing to give it. Wisdom is relational. It allows us to form connections with others by sharing our experiences. Don't you feel a little bit closer to those students I quoted earlier maybe because you somehow relate with the advice that they were giving? Or who among us can't think of someone, a parent, an older sibling, a friend, who has shared their wisdom with us to help us become who we are today? Because of its relational nature, wisdom necessitates a certain way of approaching the world and other people. It requires us to seek it out by processing our experiences in a way that will educate us into the future. We must live with wisdom— It surrounds us, but it has to be sought out. Wisdom is pervasive, but we must take it in of our own accord. It doesn't just hit us over the head in an obvious way. We must do some work to be intentional about about our development to be wise people. Wisdom is also a pretty awesome female symbol in the Bible, who isn't necessarily talked about extensively. She is justice. She is righteousness. She is equity. She is in all things. She guides humanity for those who choose to follow her. To have full knowledge of wisdom is to, is to be the closest one can be to God. In today's readings, particularly the reading from Proverbs and the reading from the Wisdom of Solomon, we hear two somewhat contrasting versions of the biblical description of wisdom. In the Proverbs selection, the woman wisdom is a prophet, She's crying out to the people who fail to see and take in her essence to, be closer to, the, to become closer to the will of God. She bemoans the foolish who fail to heed her warnings and listen to her thoughts. She goes so far as to laugh and mock those who foolishly reject her while they experience panic, calamities, and distress. This wisdom is rooted in a fear of God, God's power, a very common notion in the Hebrew texts. often uncomfortable with these kinds of texts was to paint a picture of a violent, sometimes vengeful God whose believers act purely out of fear. I would disagree that in our context today that wisdom must necessarily come out of a fear of God. We have a new understanding of God through Christ, but instead it should come out of a desire to make connections with others, addressing the wrongs of the world, establishing justice, and seeking out righteousness. In Wisdom of Solomon, we have a gentler, almost enamored description of wisdom. The woman wisdom here is a righteous and beautiful expression of God's eternal light. Evil cannot prevail against her. She is goodness and light. The author, depicted as King Solomon in the text and other parts of the book, announces his desire to wed wisdom in order to be the closest to God he can be. But like the description in Proverbs, woman wisdom is omnipresent. She is accessible to all, but one must have a certain desire and drive to access her. It is an ongoing relationship, wisdom seeks, not an initial flirtation. These descriptions are opposite sides of the same coin. Wisdom is beautiful and strong, full of goodness and light, but the results of rejecting her can lead to suffering. Wisdom is a transmitter of the will of God, but rejecting her will ultimately lead to negative consequences. Wisdom and God have a symbiotic relationship. God creates wisdom, but wisdom exists with God and enables God's action in the world. As the text states, she is a spotless mirror of the working of God, an image in his goodness. Biblical scholars refer to wisdom and God's relationship as hypostasis, in which wisdom acts as and on behalf of God— but has not equated it with God. In Wisdom of Solomon seven twenty-two to twenty-three, just before the passage we read today, the author states, "There is in her a spirit that is intelligent, holy, unique, manifold, subtle, mobile, clear, unpolluted, distinct, invulnerable, loving the good, keen, irresistible, beneficent, humane, steadfast, sure." free from all anxiety, all-powerful, overseeing all, and penetrating through all spirits that are intelligent, pure, and altogether subtle. These descriptions could easily be swapped to describe God. Wisdom is the means by which all of creation is ordered and coheres. Wisdom is a changing and transforming entity found permeating all of life. While ever-present, we must choose to acknowledge wisdom and engage with her. She will not force herself on us. But if we choose to reject wisdom, then we choose to reject God's will in the world. In Pope Francis' most recent encyclical, Laudato Si, or Praise Be, His main focus is on the Catholic Church's response to climate change as a justice issue that not only concerns the well-being of the earth, but also as a justice issue for the poor and oppressed. I highly recommend reading it. It's very well written and accessible for both theologians and lay people alike. In addition to a rousing call to the global populace to recognize the need for action around this issue, The Pope also deals with the idea of wisdom as necessary for building community to face the challenges of today and into the future. He states When the media and the digital world become omnipresent, their influence can stop people from learning how to live wisely, to think deeply, and to love generously. In this context, the great sages of the past run the risk of going unheard amid the noise and distraction of an information overload. Efforts need to be made to help these media become our sources of new cultural progress for humanity and not a threat to our deepest riches. True wisdom, as the fruit of self-examination, dialogue, and generous encounter between persons, is not acquired by a mere accumulation of data, which eventually leads to overload and confusion, a sort of mental pollution. The Pope points out a new way that wisdom has been obscured in our now global society. While we have increased our connections, we have decreased the quality in those connections and actually created distractions from what true wisdom really is. We have access to data and information, Knowledge, really, but we lack the wisdom we need to effectively address the challenges that climate change will create environmentally, socially, and economically. Our present world experiences so much pain, alienation, struggle, and conflict that we often fail to see how wisdom could ever shine through to lead us forward into a new way of being, into a global community. Syrian refugees seek asylum from... tumultuous civil war, and political situations in the face of closed borders. U.S. citizens are denied rights and, in some cases, their ability to live because of their race, who they love, or how they identify. Global climate change is creating droughts in some areas, flooding in others, and endangering those who do not have financial or technical means to combat it, while also crippling national economies. These problems seem so large that we feel helpless, we bury our heads, we pretend it's not happening, we say, I'll think about it tomorrow, or that doesn't affect me directly so I don't necessarily need to do anything about it, or it's easier to keep living my life the way I live it, I can't devote time to fixing these enormous problems. Prophetic wisdom is calling out to us, standing on our street corners, imploring us to see her and process her ways. In ignoring or denying that we have anything to do with the global struggles that happen every day, we also deny opportunities for becoming part of the solution. However, it's not too late for us to seek out and live with wisdom. Just like it seems that pain and struggle pervade so much of our shared global life, beyond them is wisdom from our experiences and from those who have come before us, which can guide us to face these challenges. Maybe the wisdom we have is not a one-to-one match with the challenges we face today, but that's the cool thing about wisdom. When people bring the bits of wisdom they have from their own experiences and share them with each other in a deep, relational way, new wisdom forms, new ways of seeing the world, new ways of seeking justice, new problem-solving tactics. At BU, we're lucky. We're in a place of privilege, studying everything from neuroscience to medieval literature. We come from places as close as Brookline to as far as Beijing. Our community is a global place, allowing for so many conversations across ages, cultures, religions, sexuality, gender, and economic backgrounds. There are immense possibilities for new and creative wisdom to shine through to address the challenges of today and tomorrow. So yes, we can share wisdom about how to be a successful student, an adult while at college, but we can also share the wisdom we've developed by taking the knowledge that we have and applying it to our lives. There are glimmers of these conversations happening all over campus, at the Howard Thurman Center, here in Marsh Chapel, in the classroom, but we must be intentional in seeking them out. Our congregation is also a great Resource for these kinds of conversations. We have folks of various ages, backgrounds, and cultures who can all share their wisdom with each other. In fact, I'm going to invite you to do just that. Today, after our service, we'll have our weekly coffee hour in the marsh room in the lower level. This is a great opportunity to chat with someone you don't know, meet someone who is different than you, make a new friend and we have lots of international themed snacks to help nourish your body while you nourish your mind in these conversations, we must invite wisdom into our lives. We have to live with her and not expect that she'll appear to us without our concerted effort. So in conclusion, let's return to our words of wisdom from the class of 2015. We started by talking about the difficulties of being a new or international student on campus, on a campus such as BU, but this time, I want you to think about these words of wisdom and how they might apply to your life. Definitely focus on academics, but understand that a lot of your personal growth is going to happen outside the classroom. So many people have so many different perspectives and ideas, and it's important to kind of take that in and internalize it and kind of make it your own too. Enjoy the time that you do have here, because it goes dang fast. Amen.
5: We now come to our time of prayer. I invite you to assume a posture that best allows you to support the prayers of the community as we join together in the call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. God of renewal, as we delve deeper into a new school year, help us to keep from disappearing beneath piles of obligations and deadlines. Be with the students who have just arrived and are still trying to find where they fit. Be with the students who are preparing to graduate and looking for clarity and purpose. Be with all the professors and staff members who work hard to create a healthy learning environment, both in and out of the classroom. Be with all those who have graduated, but still yearn for a rhythm of learning and discovery. In our search for knowledge, may we find wisdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of compassion, in a world of violence, animosity, and suspicion, may we have the courage to open doors instead of shutting them. Be with all those who are displaced as they flee from heartbreaking poverty and war, Be with world leaders as they decide how to respond to this crisis. And be with all those who look on from afar, searching for ways to help. Instead of being divided by ideology or politics, may we be united by our shared humanity. In our search for answers, may we find wisdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of healing, Even as we enter the moderate temperatures of fall, we remember that our world climate is changing. Be with all those impacted by the wildfires burning all along the West Coast, and those whose livelihood has been affected by unpredictable and changing weather patterns. Be with scientists and engineers who work to develop sustainable energy sources. Be with leaders and lawmakers who strive to draw attention to the issue of climate change. Come into the midst of our helplessness and our brokenness. May even the smallest victories strengthen us to continue to work to care for your creation. In our search for solutions, may we find wisdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of light, when we think you've got, we've got you all figured out, you catch us by surprise once again. May we share the wonder of your message with all we meet, as we strive to be a reflection of your eternal light. In our search for wisdom, may we also find you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear the hopes and prayers of our hearts, O God, and grant us your wisdom and peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now let us pray together using the words that Jesus taught us. Forever and ever.
6: Amen. We're all-
7: Good morning. Good morning. Um, we are a living, breathing, and busy community here at Marsh, so we have a lot of announcements this morning, so bear with me. Um, first, I'd invite you to fill out those red books at the center of the aisles. This is a great way for us to get to know your names and something about you. And it's a great way for you to learn your neighbors' names as you learn the names of those who sit in the pew next to you. I draw your attention to several events. Um, coming up this week on the last page of your bulletin first sunday vespers this evening at 6:30 p.m. we'll be praying in color this evening i've heard no artistic experience is required um, on Tuesday, um, we have the International Student Fellowship at 6 p.m. They're having Taco Tuesday, and I'd especially draw your attention to the Dean's Choice for this week. This is our student Bible study uh, led by Miss Courtney Jones, Marsh Associate, and um, she describes it as a youth group for grown-ups. So it's not just Bible study. It's fun, fellowship, and some art, hopefully, this week as well. So I'd invite you to join that. Um, uh, Our children's ministry begins this Sunday uh, following the worship service, so I'd invite all the young people among us to follow Miss Jamie Dingus out during the last hymn for some education, reading, and fun together. Um, And additionally, I would turn to our last announcement, which is a music moment from Dr. Scott Ellen Jarrett.
8: Okay, good morning, everybody. I won't sing, but I want to give special welcome and introduction to our Conducting Fellow this year, Sean Watland, who will conduct the offertory Anthem in a moment. We'll welcome Sean, and please say hello to him and make him feel welcome in our community here. If you're still interested in joining the chapel choir, we'd be delighted to receive you Thursday night at 6 o'clock here in the nave for a brief moment of audition and introduction. Uh, the Interstream Gospel Choir has begun. If you have interest there, please email us, musicmar.bu.edu. We'll be delighted to connect you. Our Thurman Choir starts this afternoon right after uh, service at 12.30. And to provide introduction and a word about that, I'm happy to introduce our newest staff member, uh, manager with the Chapel Choir, and this year's Music Department Associate for Chapel Development. This is Anna Caro. She'll be working with the Thurman Choir, and she has a word for you. Anna.
4: Good morning. Uh, My name is Anna Caro. I come from Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm delighted to become a part of this vibrant, musical, and spiritual community here at Marsh Chapel. Um, I'd like to extend a special invitation to anyone who um, loves music, loves to sing, or is simply looking for a community to become a part of, um, to join us today at 1230 downstairs in the Robinson Chapel um, to start our Thurman Choir rehearsals for this semester. Um, The Thurman Choir is a great um, way to become a part of the worship experience Um, The Thurman Choir leads worship on occasion, and we rehearse every other week for the most part. Um, And so it's a great opportunity to get involved here with the uh, musical life here at Marsh Chapel. Um, All ages and experience are welcome. Um, So again, if you love to sing or if you're just looking for a community, um, please join us today at 1230. Thank you.
7: Thanks, Scott and Anna. Um, one last additional interfaith announcement. Our friends in the Jewish community are seeking student ushers to help with their High Holy Day observations, which begin this week. So if you're interested, please be in touch with Hillel House and Mr. David Raphael, who's the director there. Now, I would remind you that it is a joy and a discipline to give. And as our ushers come forward to wait upon us for our tithes and offerings, I'd invite you to meditate upon Mendelssohn's setting of Luther's text, for Lions Thank you.
0: the work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers we ask in Christ. Amen. <laughs>